You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. Hey, Bible students. We're glad you've joined us for another video dealing with the ideas of the Bible when it speaks of good and evil. And we wanted this time to illustrate God's unique ability in bringing good out of evil. Now, this is something that a lot of people maybe would love to be able to do, and people have tried to do it, but God is a master at bringing good out of evil. And we'd like to show you in a few Bible passages just what we mean by that. So we've been through this in former videos, that Yahweh makes peace and creates calamity. That's clearly what Isaiah 45 verse 7 says. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, Yahweh, do all these things. So we don't need some other being. We don't need to, to think beyond what God is saying. It's just we need to understand that, what God is saying. Why does he make peace? Why does he create calamity? And how are they connected? So bringing good out of evil, God's unique ability, probably most of us have discovered this by this passage. That's one of the great promises of God. It's in Romans 8, verse 28. It says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Now, I've learned in my life to really respect the things which are promises of God. There's a great number, of them, but this one in particular is one that uh, we must look at because we would really wonder how God ever manages to do that. When we think of the evil that can befall us, when we can think of the evil that has befallen other people, how could God work together good out of that? Well, that's an intriguing subject. It's a promise of God. Let's have a look. Now, there are principles involved here. And unless we understand the principles of how God works, we are not going to be able to understand it. But the principles are well established in the scriptures. So, we look at God's judgments come first, clearly stated in Isaiah 26, verse 9, where it states, With my soul I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me I will seek you early. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. So there's an order, first of all, to the good and the evil. Certainly, the judgments of God being in the earth are the evil aspects of it. And God intends that when the evil aspects are there and people see them and feel them, then they will look at what God intended by them and learn righteousness thereby. Now, the next verse is just as important for this because grace alone will not lead to reformation. If God only was a God of love and all he ever did was just things which are, as we say, good, and he never did any evil, then we would not see his ability to reform. 
So he says a major principle, verse 10, let grace be shown to the wicked, yet he will not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness, he will deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord, Yahweh. Well, God's saying then, he understands human nature. He knows what he created. And he's saying that unless there is judgment first, people will never understand what God intended to do with the judgment. And if it's just grace, if it's just mercy, they will not learn anything from it. They would just go on thinking that's all that is involved in life. Well, look at some of the other things. For instance, learning through consequences. These are the words of Jeremiah in the book of Lamentations. This was after the, the city of Jerusalem fell and he experienced the tremendous loss associated with the fall of Jerusalem. The number of people that were killed, the number of people that were taken captive, the cruelty of the Babylonians when they did it. And in Lamentations verse, chapter 3, verse 31, he says, The Lord will not cast off forever. Though he causes grief, he will show compassion according to the mercies or the multitude of his mercies. He does not afflict willingly, nor grieve the children of men. Now, there's more, obviously, to the chapter, but this is enough just to give us another view of what God does when he creates evil. It says, though he causes grief, yet he will show compassion. So we might expect that when we are in ex uh, an experience of grief, of evil, and we can't explain just how we're going to get out of this or how we should deal with it, if we have faith in our God and believe what these words tell us, he says, yet he will show compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. We may have to wait for them. We may have to be reformed in our mind to receive them, but God will certainly send the mercy that he speaks of here because god does not afflict willingly he's not sitting back there enjoying a game so to speak to knock out people and to cause evil here and evil there god has a purpose with mankind and it's a much more noble purpose than any game that man has ever conceived god wants to bring people to live forever now look at this you see knowledge should lead to action if Bible students really studied their Bible and read their Bible regularly, they would know this, that in James chapter 4, verse 17, God says through the, the apostle James, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. In other words, you can't procrastinate with, what, with God. You can't say, well, someday I'll do this, like I recognize it's good and you know, I'll get around to it someday. That's not what God wants. God wants people to say, if that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. And to get it done. You see, look at this. Because some of these things are, are not always related to us. It's related to our loved ones. So learning through correction. Yes, Proverbs 22 verse 15 says, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. So this is not the child saying this, that I'm going to use the rod of correction on myself. No, it's a child. And foolishness is bound up on the heart of the child. But a loving parent will realize that he or she must get into action and use the rod of correction to drive that foolishness from the heart of the child. 
in their love for the child. God's judgments lead to deterrence. I remember having debates with people when Canada was discussing whether or not they should discontinue capital punishment. And they did not believe what God had said in, his, in, in the book of the Old Testament, even though they claimed to be uh, people that understood the Bible. You look at this, Deuteronomy chapter 17, verses 12 to 13. It says, now the man who acts presumptuously and will not heed the priest who stands to minister there before Yahweh, your God, or the judge, that man shall die. So you shall put away the evil from Israel. And all the people shall hear and fear and no longer act presumptuously. So if people carried out what God said, God said it would be a deterrent to others to ever do what that man or that woman did. And what these people were doing was they would not listen to the judgment of the judge. They would not accept his, his judgment. And they would go on their way just continuing in the evil that they did before. So God says that man shall die. And in putting that man to death, what you will do, that is the judges, for the rest of Israel, is you will create an act which reinforces you don't do that or you will die. And that will be a deterrent that others might not act presumptuously. See, it's a major principle of the Bible. And we have to, you know, be careful where we apply it and, and see how God uses it and how we should use it. But nevertheless, it's something there for our instruction and Bible students get to know it. Now, God's also did something. It was essential to do this. And it was involving respite where God doesn't do things really quickly. And because many people do not believe what God says or have no faith in it, there's a great danger in dealing with what God gives in terms of respite. Notice this. In Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 11, it says, because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. But what if God did it speedily? How would people be reformed? If a person did something that was God's sight worthy of death, then he struck him down dead, how would that man be reformed? So God gives people time to reform. And in that time, he's extending his mercy to those people to look at what they have done and to want to get rid of the guilt involved and to seek gain ways of reconciliation with their creator. That's a very valuable aspect of how God brings good out of evil. We must not forget this, but we must also respect it and learn from it. So we go back to this passage, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And hopefully, although we have done very little in really establishing the subject overall, as we would need more time for it, yet nevertheless, there are certain verses there which would stimulate the mind of a Bible student to understand that if God has a principle that all things work together for good to those who love him and to those who are the called according to his purpose, look for it, wait for it. Understand that it's coming. Understand that the evil that has just happened is going to lead to good somewhere. It may not lead to good in, uh, in the immediate friends of the person. 
It may be that just other people hear from it and learn from it. But God will create good out of evil. And that passage is a wonderful promise to remember. See, in conclusion, I'd just like to suggest to you that if people felt that Jesus would never have done this, then just look at what he says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 19. Jesus says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. You see, Jesus fully understand or understood his Father's will. And he understood this, this the whole area of uh, good and evil and how good can be brought out of evil if people allow the principles that God's put in place to work. So out of his love, out of his compassion, he rebukes and chastens as God did. And as every loving parent would do when they see these principles of God in action. Now, the, the subject is not finished there. I'd like to take one more video to, to deal with another aspect of this. And that's where this purpose of God of bringing good out of evil clashes with human rights, which is very strong in our present civilization. And I'd just like to show you some of the Bible verses that we need to know and understand to be able to survive in this world. Thank you for watching. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at bt f at cdvideo.org If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen.